Quick disclaimer, I'm today's guest, Cody. Uh, I am a member of the LDS Church, but I am not a spokesman for the LDS Church. So all of this is my beliefs and opinions only, but I do believe they do reflect an accurate representation of the LDS Church. You know, when you're in like a Walgreens when you're four years old and you're like, I exist. Yeah. Like <laughs> it, it was kind of like that. Like, oh, this I'm in a religion. Like I need to figure out if this is real. Welcome back to I'm the Villain. This is the second episode on the LDS Church with Cody Crab. And we're going to be talking some spicy whether or not bubble corn <laughs> is a real thing you'll find that on the end of the episode that's how you do it that's how you, that's how you you, um, you tease it right you t talk about oh, that was so good talk yeah. about the spicy thing that we talked yeah. about for like maybe 10 seconds but like bill it as the whole episode. Yeah. Like, they've got to talk about it sometime i'm like 46 minutes <laughs> in. all right well let's get to it how important do you believe to to being a part of the lds church how important is it to feel that you know the joseph smith like that he was actually like that all of that is very true. You know, how important mm. is it to, to you yeah. to believe in I that? actually think that that is critical. I think it's like absolutely crucial mm -hmm. because the foundation of everything that we teach is the source of that is the Book of Mormon. And that's that's like and, and the and the Book of Mormon doesn't exist without Joseph Smith. So at its core, if you don't believe that if you don't right. believe the story, you should just go be a just, Christian. Like really though, like the book of Mormon is nice. And if you read, I know so many people that are like, well, the, you know, the LDS church is crazy. Like all the, all this stuff, he's this dude seeing visions in a field, but, oh, but that book of Mormon is really nice. Like I actually do read that. And like I've met people that while I was on my mission, I met people that were like super religious that would have like the Quran, the the talmud or I, I don't i don't know anything about relig world religions i'm probably sounding really ignorant but basically they'd have all these all these religious texts and then just the book of mormon sitting there i'm like why do you have a book of mormon and he's like oh it's just it, the messages are wonderful and it's just really it, it's it's funny that i you meet people like that because he's either this is kind of what i love about the church is that it's either all bs or none of it is it's either Joseph Smith was a he was a con man and he was in it in it for the money and for the recognition and he was just and he was faking it the whole time or he was a full blown prophet but there's no version of this that's like he was a a really good man that was he was a religious man and also he wrote this beautiful book but mm -hmm. it's you know but he didn't see it like there's no there's no it's just so black and white and as a very logical person I really appreciate that. Because it's like, mm -hmm. it's true or it's not. Yeah. And so at the end of the book, one of the prophets at the end of the book, his name is Moroni. He basically says, look, this is the end of the book. I'm about to bury this now. Um, just read it and see. Like read the, read the book and just pray about it and let God tell you if it's true. You'll, you know, you'll feel if it's true or not. And so that's kind of where it ends up is like, it's just read it. And so, mm -hmm. and it's, it's cool that you have this tangible thing. It's not just like, believe my story. It's like, here's this thing that you can check for yourself and see if it's true. So, well, so when you were like <clears throat> having, like you said that you went through periods of your life where you were like oh, yeah. questioning or having questions yep. of faith, like what, what was it about? Was it about that? Was it about something else? Well, this, this is the other thing about the LDS church is that it, there is a lot of, there are a lot, the history of it just as with any church <laughs> it's just that usually most churches have their history a long time ago a really long time ago mm. um and there's there's things that are taught daily like repent repentance and prayer and faith and just the basic church things but the things that aren't taught are things like brigham young said that you couldn't have the priesthood if you were black <laughs> and that's not something that's like we go over daily obviously yeah. for for obvious reasons but at the same time, like there comes a point when you find that out. And I think I was about 15 and I was like, wait, what, <laughs> what? And there were, and then of course that, that leads you into like, um, priests can be wrong. Exactly. Right. And so, and then is it that that's, that's kind of where it started was I was like, wait a minute, if that's how have I never been told that? And in South Park, there's this there's this scene that was and it was around the time I was in high school. This is around the same time it came out um, 
there's a scene where they so the the creators of South Park were actually they grew up in the in the church. Oh, okay. And they they're the ones that wrote the Book of Mormon musical actually. Um <clears throat> and there's millions of references. They have an entire episode of South Park that's literally just kind of a, a parody of the the church. Um and I I saw I saw it and it's this like he's looking into a hat with seer stones to see what to to try to translate the book and I'm like that's not real and it turns out like that's doc well documented and, and <laughs> within the church's documents and so there were so many things where I started to go hang on what and and I would so there's a lot of there's a lot of antagonism from those who have left the church as well um they're kind of within the church they're called like anti Mormons it's like some you leave the church and then you're so you're so you have all this hate toward it that you turn around and try to just destroy it and so i started kind of getting into that material to kind of see what existed and what was out there and stuff and so over time i just kind of had so much of that and i just kind of was like okay i need to go back to the basics here let me let me go through and there's this there's this missionary manual that's called preach my gospel, which is basically like from square one, this is what we believe. And then we teach all the way through until you can help someone get baptized. So I knew that I, I wanted to go on a mission. I always thought it sounded like a cool idea. All my friends were going to go. I'd never really thought about it much more than that. Cause I was just raised in the church. And as you are raised in the church, there comes a point where you like suddenly, you know, when you're in like a Walgreens when you're four years old and you're like, I exist. Yeah. Like <laughs> it, it was kind of like that. Like, Oh, this I'm in a religion. Like I need to figure out if this is real. Um, and so I did the, I did the, I, I came across, I read, I did the, the preach my gospel thing and I read through it. And one of the things it says was, you know, the first thing you're going to want to do is teach about Joseph Smith, show them the book of Mormon, read the book of Mormon with them and help them read it and then help them, to do the Moroni's promise thing at the end of the book and, and do it. And so I was like, this is a good time as ever to just do the Joseph Smith thing and see if it's true. And lo and behold, I didn't see a vision. I didn't feel, you know, I didn't get smacked around by the spirit or something, but I just came to feel like it's, it's okay. And I, it's, it's just, there's no such thing as a perfect religion mm. and as soon as i came across the, or rather it was it was more like it, there's no such thing as like perfect people within a religion um and so as soon as i started to accept that it started to kind of be more clear like well of course none of these things were like all these things were because people were human and they made mistakes and things that happened in the past and so once i was able to accept that i was able to kind of get my my belief in the church boosted a little bit and and i was able to kind of you know get to the point where i was like okay mm -hmm. i do i do want to teach this and go on a mission and stuff and there we go yeah. ever since then i've yeah and it's and there's been there's been doubts ever since then there have been little things here and there but um i it, it all boils down to i truly believe that it's going to be all right if we believe that jesus christ's sacrifice is universal and it covers everything and it gives everybody a second chance then if it truly is universal, then everyone's covered and it's yeah. going to be all right. So. Uh, can, can you like talk a little bit about like what I would imagine my, my imagining of what a mission is like oh, is very awkward. I would love to know what you think it's like. <laughs> yeah. Because like I, the closest thing I have experienced that I would imagine is maybe analogous is like canvassing or something right yeah and like no one ever wants to be convinced of anything mm -hmm. and oh I'll, you're so right you know I'm gonna like, paint a picture for you okay so okay. imagine being a 19 year old super white kid right I'm in a white shirt and tie in the middle of Mexico where in Mexico <laughs> so were you is in uh actually have you ever seen the Netflix show Narcos by chance yes because that's where I was, Culiacan, Sinaloa, right in the middle of drug trafficking territory. Nice. Um, my mission covered your mission covers a certain area. Mine was the state of Sinaloa and the state of Baja California Sur, which includes Cabo and um, La Paz and Todos Santos and stuff. Right. So that part was freaking awesome. Yeah, I was like, so you got um, some partying again. It seems like. <laughs> What do you think, dude? <laughs> Me and a bunch of missionaries? Not exactly. Um, the the rules of a mission are really strict. Actually, yeah. I'll I'll talk about that in a second. Your guys are gonna your minds are gonna be blown by that. Um, but uh, imagine, okay, super white kid. Uh, I'm with a Mexican missionary. 
um, I barely speak any Spanish. I'm just a few months in, right? Imagine walking up to a random person on the street and going, hey, do you want to hear about Jesus? Like starting a small talk right. about Jesus. It is, I'm an introvert. That is my worst nightmare. That is the, mm-hmm. that is like pure hell to me to, to go up to someone and be like, Hey, do you want to talk about the most intimate, deep part of of uh, anyone's personal existence? Uh, on, because I'm on the random person on the street and I barely speak your language, and <laughs> yeah, it's just and I stick out like a sore thumb because I'm so white and I'm wearing a white shirt and tie in the middle of like Mexican slums. Like I, I couldn't be more awkward. And you're exactly is right. Is that the point? Like, is it supposed to be like really awkward? Awkward? No, but I think okay. I think we are supposed to stand out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, that certainly helps. Is there like um, people are kind of curious? Is there like a character building aspect? Like, is it is it designed to like? Is it? I guess what I'm asking is: is the purpose just to spread the word of the LDS Church, or is it to do that and to like? whip you guys into shape somehow. So it's interesting that you say that because I think that I do think that there isn't an, uh, an element of that that is going away, thankfully. Um, but uh, it is, it's ni- primarily the, the entire purpose is go out there, share the gospel, um, just do nice things. It's really, it's really neat because I mean, imagine, imagine if someone just set you on the street somewhere and they said, just do nice things for people as your full-time job, just walk around thinking of nice things you can do for people. Um, and of course the highest nice thing as a missionary, of course, you're thinking the highest thing I can do is share the gospel. But in my, in my personal experience, my, I would just try to just be a professional good Samaritan. I would like, Oh, there's an old lady picking up bags from the grocery store and I would help her load her car. And like, I would, I wouldn't try to force these interactions because you're right, Isabel, that's awkward as heck to go up and talk to someone and be like hey let's talk about religion what what religion do you believe in and how can i destroy your belief in your religion like Mm. that's horrible so i would just try to do things like i would see a dude um working in a garden and i'd be like do you need a hand like and me and my companion because there's always two you've probably you guys probably know that um me and my companion would just go and and shovel dirt with him and eventually he'd be like hey who the heck are you guys? <laughs> and, and it started, it would start an organic conversation, but it really gave me a, it really gave me a chance to kind of view like people as people. And it, it really was absolutely life changing for me, not just in a religious aspect. Like I, I got to see kind of how another part of the world, a third world country lives. And like the poorest person here is like a thousand times better off than like a middle-class person there. Um, and that just really opened my eyes quite a bit to like, especially with the issues like immigration, obviously, because I was in Mexico. Um, like I, I used to be like kind of apolitical. And it, after that, I was like, how can I not be a little bit political? But so this is a missionary schedule. 6 a.m. Wake up uh, an hour of personal study of the scriptures and, and of the Book of Mormon and of the Bible and everything. And com- uh, co- general conference is the the talks. That there, there's like talks by apostles and prophets and stuff. Those are all considered like canon, like doctrine things. So those are included and in stuff too. Um, then an hour, another hour of companionship study. So I study for an hour on my own. I study for an hour with my companion. We decide kind of what we're going to do that day. We decide like who we're going to teach, what we're going to teach them. Um, people would come to the most common way for us to get, uh, teach lessons was for people to like ask us. So we would just be like, okay, we're going to Fred's house today. We're going to teach him about Joseph Smith and we'll bring a book of Mormon for him. And then, so then literally we're talking like 6am to 9.30 PM. I'm out doing that like every day for two years. (laughs) It was a lot. (laughs) <laughs> it was a lot. And I look back on that and I'm like, I cannot believe I made it through that. Mm-hmm. Like, how does a person do that? And they family contact, you are you're only allowed one day a week to when I was out, you were only allowed one day a week to write emails to your family and to get emails from them. Um, otherwise, there was no no contact was allowed. Like you couldn't like, you know, do do anything like that. There was really no time for like personal enjoyment and stuff like that i think that that is a little much (laughs) and going Mm -hmm. going back like i used to be kind of judgy of like people that would like 
leave their mission or like go home early or something like that. And now I'm like, I can't believe I didn't do that. Like <laughs> I, 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 I can't believe I went six months without calling my family. Like what? Mm-hmm. That blows my mind now. And so now actually they've recently changed some things. So the schedule has been loosened up a little bit. Um, you're able to call your family whenever you want. You have a phone, you can text and call and be on social media and stuff like that. I think that alone is like a major big deal. And I think that that's much more conducive to just having a mentally healthy. If you're going to have a mission, that's like, I think that's core. If you're going to be that far away from your family for that long. I mean, I didn't go back for two years. I didn't see them for two years. And that's like wild. Now look again, I look back now and I'm just like, how did I do that? Mm. But is mission only um, a guys thing? No, there are, there are sister missionaries as well there for whatever reason. I think this is a holdover from, um, old oldie boy times, but it's uh, it, theirs are eighteen months, and the the elders, the elders. That's the office of. There's so many things. I keep like I keep using just jargon and vernacular and stuff. Um, the the male missionaries are two years. Um, mm. Yeah. Wait. But, so is there like a supervisor or something like someone who is like in charge of all of you yeah so there's like there's like leaders within the missionaries so you can get promoted to like leadership positions within there um but then there's a mission president whose job it is to kind of go this is what we're this is our main goal for this month i mean we're talking like hundreds of missionaries under one mission president um Mm -hmm. there's about eighty thousand missionaries out in the world right now um so it's it's a lot of people um and that's yeah they, they kind of go, our goal right now is not, we're not going to try to baptize new people. We're going to go try to find the people that are already baptized that aren't going to church. So like, let's find out why. Let's find out if they really want to stay out of the church, if they want to come back. Like, so there, this just kind of depends on the area that you're in and stuff like that. Yeah. So, man, Cody, I got to say, I really hate the idea of like American white people just like go into, <laughs> just go into exactly people's communities and yeah. trying to spread their their religious beliefs i like it, like it feels like colonial I, yeah i, yeah. I, I well, hate it that's one of those things that i never thought about until after i got back and i'm like uh, <laughs> it just feels icky like, like if you're gonna do it at least like it should be local people right like, at least at the it very should be local least. or like i really feel like if you're gonna be in someone's community you need to like really earn your keep like you need to be giving back a lot and it seems like you, you like you try to you know do the good samaritan thing but i feel like there should be like systemic built-in you know oh yeah giving back to this community that like i think it should be like 50 percent service if i i think it should be like it shouldn't be i mean they should probably i think a great i think that's a really good point and i think a great way to do that would be to do something like establish like local like food banks and like things like that and like have the missionaries run them and like it's like a part-time job right. and then the other part-time could be i i agree that would be that'd be amazing and frankly very much needed especially in a lot of the places i was i was um there are uh there's this survey <clears throat> that the church does every every year or every two years um and it kind of leaks because i think they're kind of trying to get a feel for like the kids <laughs> like the, the younger generation and stuff and um uh, it always leaks because it's they don't send it to everybody, but like it gets spread around like it yeah. is sent to everybody. And one of the things that they asked about is, you know, should we offer different multiple types of missions? So like education, humanitarian, um, like service. There's like uh, th- there was like a bunch of different options there. And I was like, I would have killed to not do a proselyting mission. I would have loved to go do like an education mission because i don't you see like the the white girls in the african village going like they taught me more than i taught them yeah like but if you're there for two years like i think that's different i think that i think you're truly able to kind of get in there in a way that you can't right. if you're i mean that's essentially just weeks. peace corps then you know yeah 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 and i'm like that i think that that with like a religious twist would be absolutely incredible and it would give opportunities to those who mentally can't handle the the consistency of what i did i mean i i look like i said i look back and i can't even believe i did it really um but i agree with you it it feels icky it feels it feels a little gross to like i look back and it does totally feel colonial Mm -hmm. it feels like um i mean it's not lost on me that i'm i'm literally a, a white man going into a small village of indigenous Mexicans going, Hey, here's this religion. I won't kill you, but that's the only difference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so it's, yeah, that, but that, I agree with you on that. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the other thing too. 
there are so many people within the church. No one would have that, that would never think that and that just never crosses their mind and whatever. But there's also nothing wrong with, you know, if we make some changes and, and things like that, like that, I think it would be great to to do some changes like that. So I'm really curious to what degree the institution feels as if they need to adapt to like, you know, uphold the changing sort of cultural norms that we are going through and like to what degree they're like no this is this is you know what the texts say like you know this is what you're supposed Mm -hmm. to do and like because this goes back to kind of your your doctrine versus culture thing and i'm really curious if there's any pressure as an because like i feel like from my perspective as a young person i would really like not want i mean i think that the the community elements of being part of a religion seem awesome and like that seems to me like one of the best like sort of pros (laughs) yeah but like having that having an institution that has that level of power over your life it feels very unpalatable to me and i'm Mm. curious like to what degree um they feel as if they have to sort of cater to younger people or more progressive people to retain like their membership. Well, as you guys know, I'm sure, I mean, the, every religion is kind of is suffering with young people, like yeah. young, right. younger people are, are not as religious as, as previous they, as they previously were. And I think that there is some kind of, like I mentioned, the doctrine versus culture, anything that's not doctrine can change literally mm-hmm. yeah. anything that's not doctrine can change. So, and that's most things. So like, I think, <laughs> would you say like what percent, do you think it's like 90% culture, 10% doctrine? Like what would you say is sort of like the breakdown doctrine doctrine is like, don't drink, don't have sex outside your decided arrangement. Um, what like be, be a good person. Um, don't, don't lie to people. Like there's really like, and then if you, really like i I think i think it probably is like 70 30 like Mm -hmm. culture culture versus doctrine and i think i think really um i mean there are lots of little structural changes that can be made that would make a huge difference um when i was younger i went to what's called a singles ward literally just me um with not with my family or anything i went to uh, a congregation of just young single people and it was awesome they had Mm -hmm. like cool like activities and stuff that but they did stuff like when they would when they would do stuff together like weekly kind of just get to social activities and stuff it would kind of be like juvenile stuff like let's let's play pictionary and do this and this and i'm like why don't we go volunteer at a homeless shelter or like why don't Mm -hmm. we do really important big things if we're really this religious group why don't we do stuff like that that's the kind of change i want to see is like i want people to be like every time i come across a group of these people they're like so awesome and and in my experience that's that also that also gets the goal of membership too. that that changes that makes people curious and they want to find stuff out and so if that's really what they want to have more people in the church or to keep people in the church i think people join a religion because they believe that it's true and they want to do some good Mm -hmm. so why not help them out you know Mm-hmm. But I think you're right. I do think you're right. They they absolutely are a little bit like we got to do something here. We got to see what changes can be made. And so I think that's a I think that's a bit that's a big deal right now. Well, I'm also because like I feel like probably a lot of religions also are just under a lot of fire for things like, yeah. you know, being against gay people and like, you know, having like a bad rep in a lot of various of these ways. Right. And I'm wondering to what degree does the leadership of the institution itself feel as if part of their goal and like moral obligation is to sort of like go back and evaluate like how much of our origin is like explicitly racist and should we renounce that and like do some sort of like uh, like PR work? Yeah. Basically. <laughs> well, I you think know? they actually they, so the the most recent prop the, the current prophet is like totally freaking awesome in that respect he um so the things have things many things had not changed for decades and they were basically just how they were this guy comes in and he goes okay we're going to institute this program called ministering where you go visit people locally you get to know them see if they need help see what they need see if you can kind of be a friend to them get locally uh kind of helped out and are these are these uh, LDS people or are they just people just people mm-hmm. um, you're, you're saying just people in your geographic ward. It's like your congregation, but like people it's, it's just divided up 
geographically. Mm. So you're assigned just people. And so make, make friends, get to know them, see what you can do to help, see, see if we can, you know, support them. Um, then he goes, Oh, also, you know, the church block that's been three hours long every Sunday, we're changing that to two hours. It's been like that since like the fifties, we're changing it. And also like, he's just going boom, 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 boom. And then another thing too, is they, he's like, Oh, we're releasing a thing on the church website that basically says, yeah, we should never have, uh, kept black people from having the priesthood. That was, that was never okay. And so I think that right now he's kind of in the midst of doing a lot of that stuff. The church Mm -hmm. is pretty good about, um, the church has been pretty good about lately kind of going, yeah, we shouldn't have done that. We should do this. We should do this <laughs> Our bad. better than they have been at least. Yeah. But at least well, many people will say that they haven't, but I think that they've certainly improved a little bit and any improvement in a, um, 60, a church run by sixties and 70 and 80 and actually 90 year old, uh, white men, I think is a very good thing. So I, it's changed. It's, it's incremental change, but I think it's, I think in, it's moving in the right direction. Certainly. Yeah. But like I said, I mean, it's, it's hard to, it's hard. It's a lot of cognitive dissonance. So I, I believe that there's nothing wrong with being gay. Um, the church, the doctrine teaches that, um, marriage is recognized. A ceiling is recognized between a man and a woman. That's like, it's hard for me to go. Those are, those are separate ideals and they're, they're opposite and they're at odds. Um, that's an example of doctrine. And it's an example that a lot of people within the church have a similar feeling as this. And they, they call it like they put it on their shelf is what they call it. It's like, um, you basically go, okay, I understand that I have these feelings and the doctrine says this, they're at odds. And I just have to trust that things will be okay. And you, you put it on your shelf for now. It's your shelf of questions and you kind of have to just Mm -hmm. see, because that's, that's the, that's the problem with, um, being religious now is that there is going to be some cognitive dissonance unless, well, and that's the other thing that that is the other thing too, is that the church, this, this church is kind of one of the only ones that could say they could make a change. They could say that because we believe in modern revelation that right. theoretically that the prophet could go actually gay people can get married yeah. in the temple. I was now. Say, it sounds like, like in the things like in the main things that you mentioned about the temple recommend questions, like, mm-hmm. is there anything about being gay in those questions? No, but like keeping the law of chastity does include like, um, like same sex relationships and stuff like that. Okay. So, yeah, but it is, it is a thing I'm at odds with constantly. And I hear about, I hear about like people that are distraught within the church because they've been trying to like, or they try to like convert themselves from being gay. And it's just, it's heartbreaking to me yeah. to hear that kind of thing. Um, but I, I just really believe, I really do believe that things will work themselves out and hopefully sooner than later. And hopefully uh, my, my dream would be that all marriages are recognized equally. I don't know if that's going to happen, um, in, in my lifetime or ever, but that's, I, I, it's kind of what I constantly am hoping for. Right. But you never know. That's, 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 uh, that's, Again, progressive religious millennial. There's a reason there's not a lot of us. It's not. It's, <laughs> not, it's, it's hard and it's a little. It is. There's, there's a lot of dissonance. Mm-hmm, for sure. I mean, one thing I do kind of appreciate about like the, like, is sort of like, I think maybe a positive byproduct of the fact that there's a lot of cognitive dissonance that you have to go through is that I do think that like it would be so helpful if like secular people had a similar conception of that shelf, That's you know, true, because yeah. I think we do in reality have a lot of those things, but like, don't sort of like have to face it as explicitly mm-hmm. as I think a lot of. Religious people yeah. Do. That's, re- that's really true. I mean, it's like, like an old person that isn't okay with trans people, right? Like they can just go eventually, they can eventually just go, I'm now okay with it. Like, and there's no, there's no, nothing in the way. Like there's no beliefs or, or preconceived anything teaching that. Um, and in a religious setting, not necessarily an LDS setting, but in a religious setting, like that there's this kind of, but we're taught this and it's, and it's something you can't really just explain away in your head because it's like, this is what we were taught. Um, but the one comfort I have is if they're really, if I really do believe in a loving God, if I really do believe that we're basically being tested. Things are, you know, we're eventually going to be all resurrected and everything like that. If I really do believe that, 
do I really believe that it's all just, yeah. And if you're gay, like too bad, like I, I don't, I don't really, there's this gigantic cosmic plan and God literally created the gay people, but it's like, yeah, but yeah, it just uh, doesn't make sense to be you. <laughs> exactly. Like, so, well, I mean, do you think if, if you had your ideal world, if you could just sort of like design your ideal religion, would it have the level of involvement in your like daily sort of life that it does? Because I could feel like I could easily see a religion that had very similar ideals, but just didn't tell you who you could have sex with. You yeah, know, and that's that's kind of the like, idea behind you, like secular yeah. humanism, isn't it? Like it's basically mm -hmm. just it's not even like commandments. It's just like, hey, this would be a good idea if you want to try yeah. that. And then that's pretty much all. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yeah. So, like, do you feel like, you know, that level of sort of like getting into your sort of like personal life is necessary to be like a you know an effective religion this brings up an interesting point which is i feel like some people treat religion like joining a religion like they're shopping like i'm gonna yeah like a tool this is a tool for but, myself but like more, search more for like me. they're going oh i want to join a religion which religion shall i join and they go well this one has some stuff i like but this one has i do like the features of this one and then but that's not really how I see it at all. Actually, I see it more like it's true. It, like it's truth. It's based on truth. So, I mean, there's a reason I don't believe the earth is 7,000 years old, even as a religious person, because we have all this evidence and it's science shows us that it's millions of billions of years old. So it stands to reason that, you know, if, if you believe in a religion, it's because you believe it's true, not because you go, Oh, I think that you know, what I really like about this religion is that it does this. So I'm going to join this religion. It's like, if you believe it's true, that's why you join it, regardless of regardless of how involved you think it is in your life. It's like utilitarian value to you. It's just it is what it is. Like, it, like if if you're yeah, pretty much. Yeah, if you're if if we're not supposed to drink coffee, that's just how it is. I don't need to understand why and I don't need to under, I don't need to like it. That's just it's true because it's true. Like I don't want to drink water, but I have to because it's just that's how I have to be. And so that's that's kind of how I view religion is that it's about it's a quest for truth. It's like science. It's a quest for truth. If you believe it's true, then anything else that falls under that is your choice. You don't have if you could believe this truth is true and do absolutely nothing toward it. You don't have to go to church. You don't have to get baptized. You don't have to do anything. It's your choice. That's kind of the basis of the religion is that we're all able to make this decision for ourselves. Um, but that's, I, I think I've never really thought about it that way. Like it gets involved in your life because it's more like you choose what level you would like to have it be in your life. Once you're, once you're keeping the commandments. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Do you, so, uh, do y'all believe in heaven and hell? Um, actually I would say we don't believe in hell at all. Um, there's basically a, I would, so there's a tier system, um, after, after this life. And Joseph Smith basically said, if you could get a glimpse of the lowest tier, you would want to kill yourself right now just to get there, like to be there right now. And the, the highest degree, the celestial kingdom is what it's known as is like, glory beyond description. You could never imagine being that happy. All cares and troubles are gone. We live forever. We become gods of our own. That's actually a really unique LDS piece of doctrine. Um, we believe that we can become like God ourselves. Um, but, but that's, that's the thing. We don't really believe that there's like a eternal torture for, for people, except those that, um, originally before this life followed Satan and, but they're literally I, I, not a single person on this planet or that has ever lived on this planet would qualify for that degree of, of, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. But I think that's, that's, I, I can't believe I didn't bring that up. Cause I actually, that's one of my favorite things about this church. There's no fiery inferno and stuff like that. We believe the concept of hell is like, I could have achieved so much more like reg regret in your life like looking back on your life and regretting what you could have done. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of religions that don't really have a hell equivalent because, you know, like Christians kind of made it up and <laughs> um, it's, well, it's from Dante's Inferno. Yeah. The reason people believe in hell is literally it's that what they believe about hell is literally taken from the pages of Dante's Inferno. <laughs> Dante's Inferno. And I'm like, it's like Bible fan fiction and no one's saying anything about this. Like this is literally, um, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think that like, just by having that 
it really changes everything for for traditional Christians, right? Like it's like it then becomes punishment focused and how do I avoid punishment as opposed to like how do I try to be the best that I can be, which I think is like a really core fundamental difference between religions that have hell and religions that don't have hell, you know? And this is the other thing too. I think a lot of people misunderstand that in our, in our church. I think a lot of people do say that the church is just a list of things that you shouldn't be doing instead of like a key to helping you in your life and, and things, a list of things you should be doing that. most of all, that's the thing that makes me laugh is like people will give you crap if you, if you have a beer, but they won't say anything if you're like, um, bullying, uh, bullying others or being like rude and, and lying to them. And it, I would argue that that's way worse. Like it, because it defines you as a person, someone that would do something like that is different than someone trying a, a beer. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think that's a really good point too. But I think there's even people within our, within my religion, if you talked to some people that I know, like my mother-in-law, <clears throat> she doesn't, she won't listen to this, um, but <laughs> she, she, she is very, she's basically like a fundamentalist Christian that is in, I don't, I, what she teaches her kids and what she has, what she talks about and stuff. I do not recognize that as my religion. I, I, I fundamentally completely disagree with her on 99% of everything yet. We belong to the same religion somehow. Yeah. And it's, it's, I don't even recognize when she talks about stuff. I'm like, what do you even, that's not <laughs> what, even what we believe. Saying? Like, yeah. And it's, it's just funny how people, even within the same religion can have such different belief structures, even, even like quoting the same books and, and things like that. But her, hers are based on nothing. It's just her, it's her feelings and that's what she wants to believe. So right. like I, what I said is the actual definite truth. So anyone that tells you otherwise is that yeah, they're, they're just, just wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So I, have got to ask you about these this meme sex stuff that I hear on TikTok. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, like the soaking I have to ask. Okay. I can I will I would be glad to debunk this once and for all. It is not true. It <laughs> has never happened. That has never happened to anyone I've ever met ever. I've never heard Completely of it. Made I grew up. up in Salt Lake City and I went on thousands of dates mm. with girls. Did you go to BYU, BYU and Provo? I did not go to BYU. I, I uh, went to Snow College, which is like rural BYU, which is even more BYU than actual BYU. <laughs> Got it. Um, the girl that just went missing. Did you hear about that? She That's where she was. No. So she was she went to Snow College. Um, but uh, yeah, she uh, that's that the whole. OK, so what what is specifically are you asking? Because I need to make sure that I'm answering the right well, question. Here. So soaking <laughs> is part of it. But I guess there's like there is this whole ethos on the internet that the Mormon youth are doing everything that they can to be as sexually active as possible without actually having sex. And included okay, well, in that is <laughs> inserting your penis into someone's vagina and then not moving because it's not sex. It's just not moving. There's, I also have heard a variation of that, which is you, you, you have uh you have like you're on a bunk bed and you do that and you just have your yeah roommate, you have your roommate jump it, up and down <laughs> yeah yeah I've heard it that's I have heard that one too I I so I'm uniquely qualified right I grew up in Salt Lake City remember all my life all of my friends are Mormons uh -huh. I every single one of my friends right. went to BYU so you, I feel I went like on a you mission. can very much speak on this <laughs> I have never heard <laughs> of anybody doing that and because and truly. This is this is the baseline. If you think that's okay, you're an idiot. Like if you if you if you think you're getting if you think you're getting around God by going, well, no, we'll just do it like this, and it's we're we'll be we're safe, and like like you're gonna like you're gonna go up to Jesus and go, but I I was good, right? And he's like, you got me, you got me, man. You found I didn't you define found it. Loophole. <laughs> there's also there's a similar rumor went around of. When I was around around the time I went on my mission, that students from BYU would go to Vegas for the weekend and get married in a just like a quick like Elvis, yeah, lightning and then, marriage, and then go to a hotel, have sex all weekend, uh, get divorced, and then come back to BYU by Monday. My my the guy that interviewed me to, before I went on my mission literally asked me if I had done that, 
but it's literally like I, I it's like akin to the satanic panic. Like it's it's ne- I've never heard of that happening in real life. Right. It's just one of those things people talk about happening. But this is that's true. That's so funny. But I, I've I've definitely heard that as well. Right. Um, I've, I'm curious. What like, about um, <laughs> I and by the way, I'm literally just parroting things that I've heard on the Internet. Right. No, I, I'm happy to do this because this actually is like this is really helpful yeah. to Have anyone heard that's heard this. Like, yeah, of anybody having anal sex because that's not real sex definitely not definitely have not. you heard again of if you think that's a loophole what is wrong with you you're smarter than jesus because you, you figured it out yeah and this is not this is not a, a meme question but so what is the sex thing is it all sexual activity is it like what do you mean like like can you kiss yeah. someone allowed, like, it, i would say or in, yeah. anything would say, genital anything genital touching is that yeah. allowed? I would say that that's probably a good way to define it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So anything yeah. that like involves touching genitals is probably not cool. Yeah. Cool. I would say that. Yeah. There, I, you know, there has to be like, I don't think that I'm, I certainly believe you that none of this shit is happening, but how does, or what, with what degree of difficulty does the average Mormon youth avoid having sex? Like, is it hard? yeah the, the avoidance um, not the penis <laughs> <laughs> well um i mean as uh I, I was a teenager of course and the the thing is too i mean it, it's taught very strong i mean and utah specifically abstinence only sex education i mean it is like oh man it is it's rough i, I didn't realize that there was another way to do it. i would see movies where they like hand out condoms and i was like so confused because i was like what why would why would they do that yeah um but they uh yeah it's it's definitely among my friends especially because think of when i was in high school i was like totally blindfold on hadn't even thought about religion deeply ever right um i was like if if one of my, if I found out one of my friends had sex, I'd be like, oh my gosh, they had sex, they had sex, and I would be like horrified. But but the thing is, like the it's it's definitely if it does happen, I think it is so it is kept so quiet because of that exact worry. People are so worried they're going to be um, right judged or like excluded from stuff or called like a slut or something mm-hmm. that they're I if it do, if it's going on. Um, and I was like really faithful young guy. Like I was in all the stuff and all my friends were as well. So among my friends, not as much, but like un- among like kind of people who doubt or like their parents were born, but they into the church, but they don't really like subscribe to it as much. I'm sure that mo- there's more of that going on. I mean, you hear about the meme about like the Bishop's daughter and the Bishop's son and stuff like that. Um, like the local clergy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I think, I do think that the adherence is probably, higher among LDS youth than, than other youth, because it's really, it really is seen like, a, um, the, the, at least in my education experience in the church, it was, it wasn't taught to me like you're, you're trash. If you have sex before marriage, it was like, here are the benefits. Here's what, here's why you should, here's, and, and every, everyone's experience is different in this arena. Cause like everyone has different leaders and teachers and stuff growing up. Mm. Um, but mine in particular were really great. And they were like, here's, here's why I didn't, have sex before marriage. Here's why I recommend it. Here's this and this. So I think, I do think adherence is probably higher, but I, I can't say for sure. Cause I feel like I wouldn't have been told. I feel like no one would have let the cat out of the bag if they, right. if they so had actually you, done it or not. You personally like didn't hear any tales of someone breaking chastity as a young one. I did. I definitely oh, did, okay. but not, not like in my close friend group. Like it was, it was like, it, and it was more like third party type right. stuff you like heard you like i mean someone that would like the rumors is, is swirling that they broke chat <laughs> well and, and they and it definitely happened i mean it just it usually wasn't like full-blown like sex like there there definitely were like i think yeah my, my friends and i mean even me like of course it was we were teenagers you know and, and then that's the other thing too is that i was also taught really well um it's not a shame thing. It's, you don't have to feel bad. You don't have to feel guilty your whole life. Like it can, you can move on, you can change. And and like, I think that was, I was taught that really well in a way that was helpful. And so I don't, I, I didn't really internalize any, like I, I hear about people, how I hear about people having like religious shame and like internalizing, like 
like they've done something wrong and, and it's just they can't get over it. I didn't re I my particular religious education was really good and I think I didn't really have a lot of that. So bubble porn. Are you aware of this? <laughs> I've heard what is that? I, I have heard of it. I have heard is of it. it yes. Do the Mormon so Isabel, there's this thing called bubble porn where um and it I I, I suspect that it's fully made up, but the 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 idea is you take a, a picture of a woman like in a bikini or something and then you put like bubbles of color around certain areas you should just send her an example yeah. this is like almost impossible to explain yeah it, it just makes i'm not googling it though. yeah just, just google, google, it. google just mormon google my my wife is gonna look at my search history and be like why what is this what do you have like a thing for balloons <laughs> or something or what is this Okay, I see what you're saying. So, okay. to make it look this to is, make it look like she's yeah. naked, right? First of mm -hmm. all, I applaud whoever came up with this because it's <laughs> you are doing some mental gymnastics that I am just <laughs> I'm in awe of. Yeah, totally totally made up. If you if you took this to your local clergy <laughs> and said, "Is this okay?" Do you really think they'd be like, "Dude, <laughs> Uh, you know what? You got it. You got it, it man. You, again, you you tricked Jesus. Congratulations. <laughs> you beat the game. No, like and and frankly, I I don't think it's wrong or right. Like it's just it's not it's nothing. It's but as a as a getter, as a workaround to not look at porn, like I don't think it's I don't think it's okay, but also like I, I don't think it's not okay, but at the same time I'm like do you really think you're getting one over on it's it, it's all about intent, right? So like I I view it like if you really think you're pulling the wool over Jesus's eyes, maybe like take a second look and see what you're actually doing. If you're, if, if you're trying to, if you think I'm do what I'm doing is wrong. So I'm going to do, do this third. I'm going to take this other route that will, that makes it right. That's dumb. Like if you're going to do it, just, <laughs> mm -hmm. if you're going to do it, just do right. it. Cause you're basically just doing it. I had a suspicion that like, <laughs> that all the TikTok <laughs> sex stuff was bullshit, right? Like I had a suspicion <laughs> So if it sounds, if it sounds like that, most likely it's, it's pretty, I was like, I was like here. the like, LDS youth cannot be doing this at BYU. Like, <laughs> and then literally this, like, like this TikTok lady was like, this happens every day at BYU. And I was like, it can't, I, I think actual <laughs> sex is probably more common. At BYU than that. Like, come on. Like, that's so weird. Um, but I mean, I, I think that the origin story was probably my biggest like sort of learning area i didn't know a lot about the origin story i knew that it was a new religion i knew that like you all had a recent prophet um mm. and that you know and that like things were a little more modern but i didn't realize kind of how built into the framework it is like that's like that's the reason why the book of mormon exists is to like mm -hmm. help like interpret these old this old really old doctrine to newer times yeah i feel like what my conception was like very much like there was like in terms of like the spectrum of like religion or like even sub groups of christianity i had like sort of like in terms of like progressiveness like i had like the quakers and the uus on like the the super progressive side and then like maybe like the amish or like the mennonites on like the oh we're totally like rejecting society like let's not even you know have any you know involvement or like you know not use yeah. all this technology as like the other side and i feel like i was kind of like not sure where mormonism slots in because of like some of the sex stuff but also it seems like there's a lot of stuff that's kind of progressive like Cody, would you say it's like kind of just in the middle or like where would you like where would you say that Mormonism kind of I falls? truly do believe it's on the progressive side. Uh but I okay. think if you talk to some other people they would probably disagree with me. Right. Um but okay. yeah. But yeah, I definitely no because I mean I I would consider myself something of an expert of the of the doctrine mm -hmm. and stuff. And so yeah, I mean I would say yeah. I would say yes. Yeah. I think that that's another kind of I framework shifting. I think I viewed Mormonism as or uh, the the LDS church is a pretty like, I don't know, rich. Look at you using the right term and everything. You now. know, go yeah. you. You know, I, I, I think I viewed it as a pretty restrictive thing to be a part of, and I think I still believe that in some ways. But I understand. Yeah. I mean, like you know, it, it's it's not really about that for you all, right? Like it's like I feel like viewing it from a deficit mindset, you're already kind of already not really getting it, right? Uh, Wait, what do you mean? Like if you're viewing 
the religion oh yeah, solely yeah. On if, what if you're you can't viewing do. it as like a list of to do if do's and don'ts then yeah right. yeah yeah exactly so like i mean i think it's re- similarly restrictive in as other religions but you i mean but you all the the adherence it seems like is really high amongst you all and i think that's i think that's what makes you know like you know i feel like because i don't know why i, I was gonna say i was just gonna throw out a reason but i don't think it's true necessarily very common for people you know for especially the youth to be practicing christians but just do whatever you want to do right like you know it's very common and that really is not it does not seem like that's the case for the lds church um i do i think there are pockets of that certainly um but i i don't i I would say it's probably less common yeah um for people to be like that in the church yeah. yeah and i think that's i mean to me that's kind of remarkable because like you know i like it some there's there's something you you all are doing something <laughs> that makes people i don't know if i don't know if want is the right word but people seem to they, be they're drawn to it they're doing yeah. the things you know yeah yeah and i think that's unique um so you know mm-hmm. i i i yeah i guess my mind isn't changed on like in terms of viewing the lds church as like a restrictive institution but it's you know that i understand that that isn't even the right way to kind of think about it, right I don't. I would say religion in general. Yeah. As soon as you're thinking of it like that, then I think it's like, well, of course you're not going to want to do it. It's all. It's all. It is is a list of stuff you can't do. Like, <laughs> yeah. Who would want to be in that? I, I'm going <laughs> to. I'm going to choose to join this thing that is going to make it so I can't do like 30 percent of the things I enjoy right. doing. Like, of, <laughs> of course, of course, you're not going to do that. So if you have listened to both of these episodes, shout out to you for sticking through. But I mean, I think the content's been really interesting. Cody, uh, once again, big thanks for for helping us out with this. Yeah, happy to join again. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you should we count this as three appearances for Cody or two? I would I would say so. That's yeah. three three episodes. Yeah. We have we have one other guest that's like <laughs> vying to be our most our most featured guest. But I think you're like close a hot a hot second. I need to think. I quickly need to think of something that's unique about my. Oh, and I'm a millennial dad. <laughs> hmm. If only someone could talk about that. <laughs> we could definitely talk about millennial millennial fatherhood. Um, I'll probably have a lot more negative things to say in about a month. So there you go. Oh damn. Um, Cody's wife is nine months pregnant. But you seem to like being a dad. I do love it, but oh my gosh, so. it's like getting a new puppy forever. And, oh yeah. damn. And if you leave it alone, it's illegal. It's literally, yeah. If it, yeah. if anything bad happens to it, you will be held criminally liable. <laughs> exactly. Terrifying. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> all right, Cody. Um, for the second time, please plug whatever you want to plug. Of course, yeah. I am a content producer and audio editor, video editor of all kinds. So if you have something, a YouTube channel, a podcast, uh, you, or you want to start a YouTube channel or podcast, you don't know where to start, hit me up. You can go to CodyCrab.com and see all my info there. Uh, or you can just email me at CodyCrab8 at gmail.com. If you or someone you know needs some help with a podcast or YouTube channel, um, I actually give gift cards for referrals. Hey. So if you have somebody that you uh, refer, I will treat you right. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, a that's a hot tip for people that listen to both episodes because you didn't you didn't drop that one in the first episode. Oh, that's true. I didn't even do that. In the first <laughs> one. That's okay. Um, but you gotta listen to both to get that. Um, <laughs> okay. And as always, you can find us at I'm the Villain Pod. That's our Gmail. That's our Twitter. That's our Instagram. Otherwise, bye everyone. <laughs>